0: Just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to a bonus Feathers in My Hair episode. I have another user requested, bought the Patreon level, very exciting. Uh, I don't know how to describe this, but just like last time I did this, there is a level on Patreon where you can basically... uh, purchase the Patreon level, and then you get to decide what episode we do and recap and you get to come on the podcast. And this week, I actually have two guests. So if there's a little weirdness in audio, just bear with us. This is an experiment, but I'm really excited. I have a married couple who, if you were in the dearly departed uh, Facebook group, you would know them. They were some of the OG Facebook group users. So we've been Facebook friends for quite, quite a while, but it's Amy and Chuck. Hi guys hi hi liz i'm so excited to have you both on like i said we've been facebook friends now for like two years has it been that long hi. already i think so
1: i remember uh when we got married which is coming up on uh, at least 18 20 months uh when we talked about if we could have a celebrity guest at our wedding for <laughs> that celebrity liz so
0: <laughs> probably two years is about right well, this week we're going to do. You guys decided to do this one, and I actually think it's a great episode. As I've talked about on here, I think I'm not like a huge sixteen and pregnant head. It's not, it's not my favorite of the teen mom universe, but this is actually a really good episode, and there's a lot to talk about. I think in this episode, I think that's my problem with sixteen and pregnant when it comes to this podcast. Sometimes there's just not that much to talk about, but we did Brianna's sixteen and pregnant. Brianna Brianna I don't even know how to say her name I always switch back and forth but we did Brianna's which is also really like Brittany and Roxanne 16 and pregnant it's like their family 16 and pregnant oh yeah absolutely so why did you guys request this one well um I
2: personally requested it because I stand Brittany DeHazes hugely big time um I sounded like Trump there that was not intentional um yeah, we watched, I started watching Teen Mom with Amy um, while we were still dating. We started watching Teen Mom 2 together. Um, and back then it was all about Janelle, of course. And I didn't even know there was a Teen Mom 3 until we started watching that family therapy with Dr. Jen. Liana mm-hmm. and Brittany on. And we found out Britt had a different father and it was just just high drama. Like absolutely classical level stuff and um i was i was hooked i was hooked from there we went back and we watched the teen mom three and we've watched britney's britney and brianna's uh they're 16 and pregnant how many times we watch this now amy three times um
1: probably two or three yeah i've been a long standing um i watched 16 and pregnant while it aired and then teen mom and teen mom two, and then um I don't know somehow I dragged Chuck into it the first summer we were we were dating and I was very pleased that he embraced it so fully and uh kind of really went all in
2: For the first moment the, the first moment I clearly remember from Teen Mom 2 it was Jan- it was a Janelle moment and she was she'd gotten together with with uh Nathan you know that charming guy Kaiser's dad and um it was that famous quote where he said, if you do not have a vagina between your legs, I would put you through a wall right now. Oh, my like, God. What the hell am I watching? <laughs> How is this on TV? But, of course, I couldn't look away. And, uh, yeah, after that, we did an uh, absolute deep dive. I watched all of Teen Mom 2, all of Teen Mom OG, all the reunions, and most of the 16 and Pregnant. I'd say, if not all
0: yeah I think the best thing about Brittany and Branagh and I was thinking about it as I was watching this episode and Roxanne is that like they are who they are and they truly are not putting on a show absolutely they act exactly how they act it has you know cameras like I believe the last five years or whatever in between Team Mom 3 and them joining Team Mom 2 like they they existed the same exact way they do now. Like there's nothing on about them. They're high drama family. They have, in my opinion, like a great natural chemistry to watch together. And it's nice to see, I mean, on one hand, you're like, it's so nice. They're so supportive of each other, but it's also very toxic and codependent at times. You know, telling Brittany on camera that like her dad wasn't her dad and like her real dad was dead, like wasn't the greatest thing that a mom could do. (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, the way the way they walked her in there too, like a, a villain coming in from stage left. I mean, it was just ooh. You, you
1: remember know? that a lot more vividly yeah, than I do. I do. Like I do.
2: <laughs> I do. <That's>
1: <laughs> Replaying in your head all the time. Um, <laughs> we talk about all things Teen Mom all the time, but like when we think about like once, if and when the Teen Mom like money dries up and the show is off. I kind of think Brianna and Brittany and Roxanne, like, they're going to be okay. Like, they might be the only ones because they haven't, like, completely centered their life around this, like, ridiculous amount of money coming in that just is not sustainable for where these girls are.
0: That's absolutely true. I even said last year after the reunion, after the fight, when Brie was talking that she was going to quit, I'm like... Honestly, if any of these girls quit, it's going to be Brie. She hasn't made a ton of money off the show. You know, she's not getting like the five hundred thousand dollars a year that the other girls get. She gets, I think, this year she's probably making more because it's like her third season. But she doesn't live. You know, they don't live the high life, and they haven't made like a ton of money off of this show. And I think they're very aware of. Like how fleeting it all is because for them it's been so fleeting. There have been these little moments of opportunity that really then get snatched away. And this is the first time that they've had like a sustainable TV, not sustainable, but a semi lasting like opportunity with TV. As opposed to the other girls that have been doing this since they were 17 or 18 years old, they're now rounding the corner on 30. They don't have any other experience except for this. Yeah. But I agree, I think that they'll be. Okay. I think they're very aware. Like, you know, Ra- or uh, Bre didn't go out and get, like, a Yukon Denali XL. Like, she got a minivan. She was like, I can yeah. finally get the Toyota po- or Odyssey, like, yeah. That will p- fill with pool toys. So I really liked this 16 and Pregnant episode because, first of all, it is one of the only episodes that, like, openly talks about abortion. And the reality of getting an abortion versus having a child. And as I've said on almost every single one of these that I've recapped, it's like, why are we not talking about abortion? Like, why are we sitting here and just like, sometimes they'll be like, well, you know, I just couldn't get an abortion. And then they run right past it. And I just thought, I mean, MTV like struck gold with two sisters. I think they're less than two years apart. They're very close in age. Who? one kept a pregnancy and one got an abortion at the same time and you can't write that you know that's like the contrast that that like compares for us and at the very end of the episode not to skip ahead when brie is crying and like saying that she wishes she could trade places with her sister like that's real shit hmm. yeah um, so let's get into the episode are you guys ready
2: yeah i think so yeah.
0: i got my notes right here so i'm mm-hmm. probably good
2: to go and i've seen it a few times like i've said so
0: Okay, I right from the jump was like very surprised that Bree said she graduated high school early. Yeah.
1: I was too. That was like the first thing I wrote down. Yeah.
0: I was a hey. little
1: suspicious. <laughs> but we don't give her I think and I'm sorry, Chuck, if I'm jumping in on something that you said, like but we people don't give her the praise for that, like um
0: like Lexi on Teen Mom Young and Pregnant gets. Yeah. Yeah, it's because Brie seems very slow. I mean, she... And I, I don't think she is slow. I think Brie is a naturally introverted, quiet person with a loud-ass mom and a loud-ass older yes. sister. I mean, she told
2: her mom she was pregnant via a note. <laughs> she wasn't even yeah. able to say that out loud. So I, a, We're talking about a very shy person.
0: Yeah, and I think that, like, her... I wonder like if she had been an only child or if she had a different type of mom and a different type of sister, if she would be so quiet. But I think she just like, first of all, I think she came out, she was the baby. I bet she was a very beautiful baby. You know, like she just has always been kind of doll-like, I think in their family and like their little princess and her mom and her sister are so loud, so confrontational, so in your face that Brie, like I had never had to develop, like, an ability to speak, basically.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like in Spinal Tap. If uh, Nigel's fire and David's ice, I guess that makes me lukewarm water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, I've never seen Spinal Tap.
1: I don't remember that part, Chuck, but I appreciate that, like, real deep cut there. (laughs) 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 I I just, I think uh, that Brianna is probably used to... Britney just speaking for her all the time. Yeah. And like I mean, it still happens today with like I love all of Brit's like snarky asides when she's, you know, uh kind of having to deal with like some of the stupid choices her sister uh makes and seems to have repercussions for the whole
2: family. Yeah, she certainly we- learned to love the cameras a little bit, Brittany. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Britney like knows she makes a good gif. You know, like she, I think she's aware of her presence. And I I kind of appreciate that, that Britney doesn't, I don't think she's trying to be a star. I think Brittany understands that she's a very good sidekick. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I My biggest takeaway from this whole thing was how calm Roxanne was this whole episode.
2: I know. It's like we got the good edit of Roxanne. I mean, we got this like caricature this idea of roxanne from the from team mom three you know the roxanne who picks mm-hmm. and tosses them out the the door at at uh delinquent baby daddies and stands up on tables and in, in restaurants and gets in people's faces and then for this whole season to the whole episode rather she was extraordinarily subdued and supportive and kind of hands off but firm like very mm-hmm. very mothering very yes maternal
0: I was really impressed with her throughout this whole episode. I think, and I, like I said before we started recording that I should have watched the reunion because in my head, I think they, there was a big fight at the reunion that Roxanne and like Devon and Brie, like just not between other people, like a a DJ Zeus family fight. Um, But I found Roxanne, yeah, like so supportive, so calm, so not condescending towards Devon, but like honest with him. You know, she, especially we've seen her like lay in on people. Although I will say like, I'm not sure how MTV missed like a big hospital fight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The day after the birth when Devon uh, took off to play basketball. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So in the early in this episode, we find out that, as I said Brie gets pregnant, and then Brittany gets pregnant shortly after her. And Brittany wasn't really, like, the guy made it clear that he wasn't going to be involved, so she made the choice to get an abortion. MTV's incredible, like, uh, drawing, illustrations that they do is, like, one door for an abortion, yeah. one door for an adoption, <laughs> and one door for keeping the baby, and one, one girl walks through the abortion door, and one girl walks through yep. the baby
1: door. I made a note of that because I was like, wow, that's really on the nose. But, <laughs> hey, it worked. No subtlety in
0: MTV's illustrations. Absolutely not. No. Uh, Brie, basically, we found out she kept the baby because Devon Sweet. promised her. Yeah, yeah. Which is sad. Really you know, it's like, it's sad that she, and it happens to a lot of these girls on 60 and Pregnant, is that they, and I will say, though, Bree has always had even if she doesn't do the right thing she has good hindsight and she even says one of her friends that like devon glamorized the situation for her
2: and i think i I thought that was really mature on the on the show like i'm like a lot of girls on 16 pregnant she never seemed to harbor the illusion of this perfect family that she was going to have with devon and nova Um, Mm Mm-hmm. She she never seemed to have that idea in her head, and I I wonder if that's maybe because that's what she was used to growing up, um, you mm-hmm. know, the daughter of a single mother, um, or if she's just a little wiser about. I, I mean, I I don't know if I should say this, a little wiser about character or reality. But- I think
0: it definitely helped that MTV came in, um, like. After the fact, I would have been curious to yeah. see how she acted and how she talked about it all, like before her and Devon broke up, because when MTV shows up, she, they come in pretty late. Sometimes on a 16 pregnant episode, will start at like 20 weeks pregnant. Breeze didn't seem to start until she was like 34 weeks pregnant. She was pretty far along. And, um, in they talk about the fact that like she had already been broken up with Devon for a month. And I do think that we've seen on this show that like once Brie is done with someone, like she's very done with them. Yeah, and I think she
2: before. was,
0: yeah, no, Brie doesn't, Brie doesn't do an on and off. She doesn't do it back and it forth. Like
2: Chelsea in that way,
0: For sure. Even Kale, remember like before Brie got with Hobby, Kale was like, how come Bree like Lewis cheated on Bree and she just cut him off and like never talked to him again? Like why can't I do that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean even now with Chris Lopez it's the same story.
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, they're still not talking like it's so much back and forth, but that's I give Brianna doesn't make the best decisions when it comes to guys. No. <laughs> she, after things really spiral out of control, then she figures like enough is enough. So
0: she has the gift. Like, Toes right? the line. Yeah. yeah, she really does. And so I think by the time MTV, you know, started filming, she had already moved into her like I like fuck Devon. Like I, I want him to be there for the baby, but like I don't, I don't want to be with him. Mentality, and that's probably why she's coming off so realistic. I guess I'll say like she. You're right. She's yeah. so realistic throughout this whole episode about like. What her expectations are. Like she's very clear in what she wants him to do. She's very clear in like what she thinks he'll do. And it's funny, Roxanne, I will say though, like for all of her faults from the beginning was like, we just have to give Devon time. And you know what? Like, she's still saying that. And she's like, look, I was right. Like now he's coming around.
1: Cousin Devon. That's what I call him now. Thanks to
2: Princess you and princess coin that i
0: mean he really awesome. is he's their bum-ass yeah. cousin he's, uh, yeah the
2: you know distant uncle who shows up every now and again and plays with the kids and is perfectly fine but you know can't expect too much him. she says it in the episode like she says you know i don't need anything from you um she just wants her to be there for for nova um when they go out to to eat when they they first start talking again um, in the episode she's very clear she's like I don't want anything from you I don't Mm -hmm. need you I just want you to show up for our daughter and uh, yeah he goes into this whole thing about being forced to get a job and he's whining about that and she's dude you forced me to be pregnant
0: yeah it's very weird apparently when like she first got pregnant he had a job and he's like why do I need a job like, yeah oh he's also it's funny like and I feel like this is still the case like Devon is also very shy and quiet and I wonder like what the two of them were like when they were high school boyfriend and girlfriend like do you think they talked a lot Like, I don't know I never thought about
1: that because they yeah they both are like really quiet it's probably just a lot of like sitting next to each other and Just sex, probably.
0: Probably. Speaking of, we get the classic 16 and pregnant, like, weren't you on birth control? Talk. And she was not on birth control and they only use condoms once or twice. And her friend was like, well, didn't you ask him to put on a condom? And she said, no, I couldn't ask him that. That's weird. That's awkward. And her friend's like, why are you having sex with someone where that's awkward? And she's like, he should have just put the condom on. And I was like oh i feel like that honestly really sums up a lot of Bree's decisions and uh, yeah.
2: I mean, again it just goes back to how shy and introverted she is you'd rather avoid that conflict completely than deal with the consequences mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh, i did write down it sounded like at one point that Brittany just was talking about her abortion but she said debortion <laughs> <laughs> i didn't catch that
1: no
2: I have to her. watch it for
1: the fourth time to try to catch that. I yeah, also
2: I noticed in the ninety-day fiance territory with that abortion annulment.
0: <laughs> I also noticed that they lived in like a pretty large house, and I'm guessing that the downscaling happened like when Roxanne's Lupus got bad, and I'm she probably had to cut back on work, and that's when they went into the apartment.
1: What does she do for work? That's I have like no the, idea. That's a, such a mystery to me. And that was, like, the second thing I wrote down, like, where does she work?
0: I don't know. I don't know if she's still working at this point. Um, I think she, like, gets pretty bad flare-ups, and they don't really talk about it on Teen Mom, but my impression is that she's pretty sick. Um, And I would guess, I would bet at the time she, like, you know, worked in some sort of office with some sort of like assistant or like a good nine to five decent benefits, but like not rolling in the money. But I will say like money was not a topic of conversation at all in this episode.
2: No, No,
1: one of the things I liked was like Roxanne, like, and we're kind of skipping ahead because this was later, but, um, she like laid out a plan where she was like, you know, you go to school and I will pay for everything for the baby for like the first years, two years. So it was like, it seemed like there was just a lot of like planning and like foresight to like, how can we make the situation work? But you know we drop in on them five years later and like Brianna hasn't gone to school like
0: well, do we know that it our house he was in school remember on teen mom three and as princess always talks about <laughs> she loves this scene Brie goes for her first day of school and Brittany Roxanne and Nova like wait in the car for her
1: yes I remember yeah yeah it was like in the parking lot
0: I don't think Brie went to school. I don't I think as soon as she got pregnant, like school just wasn't realistic for her anymore. I think that she just I don't know. I unfortunately I think that's the case for I mean it is statistically the case for most teen moms that it's like very, very hard to go to school once you have a baby and yeah. you have to work. And I also wonder like we'll be right back after a quick break. Teen Mom 3 came along and I wonder if she got, you know, quickly after 16 and pregnant and they had stars in their eyes. You know, the OG girls, I don't know if OG was off the air, but remember like when Amber Portwood got arrested and was like in court and they were like, People Magazine was reporting how much money she was making. I wonder if Bree was just like, I mean, I don't really care to do this college thing and now I'm on the MTV train. And then by the time the MTV train was gone, it was like, well, I don't really want to go back to school.
1: No, I mean, what... It was only just the one season for Teen Mom 3. So, I mean, that was probably only a few months of filming, I would think.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's like, it's so once you stop, it's like such a quick decision to stop. And then it's so hard to ever start again. Yeah.
2: To her credit, I mean, she hasn't really relied too much on the, the kind of stuff that, you know, some of the other moms did between these, like when OG went off the air for however many years and Barra did her sex tape and.
1: Well,
0: don't forget. She did her abstinence only. Uh, like. Hold on. Don't forget that Brie got the labiaplasty live on Dr. Miami's Snapchat because she was considering doing porn. Remember they talked about that in her, um, her like intro to teen mom too, you know, they do that, like catching up with Brie thing. And like the producer asked her about that and she's like, yeah, I was like considering it, but then I didn't do it.
1: Uh, I don't remember that, but this is why you are like the preeminent expert (laughs) on all things teen mom. This
2: is the stuff we come to you for. (laughs) Yes. Because
0: Bree got her surgery at the same time that Kale got her surgery, the Snapchat surgeries, the Dr. Miami Snapchat surgeries, which (sighs) Brie re-got her ass done and it still looks bad. It's like going to Dr. Miami. First of all, stop getting brazilian butt lifts unless you are like just getting the tiny brazilian butt lifts should be like the tiniest little bit and you can never gain or lose any weight because it's just never your body's never going to absorb the fat correctly as I'm we see the choir here we watch a ton of botched yeah it's yeah. so <laughs> bad Farah looks crazy lately her ass looks so bad because she's so thin right now um by the way, like Farrah is so thin. She's always been thin, but she's like really thin right now, but it's almost hard to tell how thin she, cause thin she is because her boobs are so big. Yeah. But then you like see her arms and her collarbone. And you're like, holy shit, she's really thin. And then her ass looks terrible. Um, But Brie got the labiaplasty. And I remember like at the time that she got it feeling so sad because like, I didn't, I can't really do, uh, surgery scenes. Like I don't like gross stuff. So I didn't look at it, but I did look at the before and after. And it was yeah. like, it just depressed me. Cause I was like, there's literally nothing wrong with her vagina. There was no need. Like her labia is fine. Sorry guys, if this is TMI, but like, it was, no. it was, it was so normal looking, but it wasn't like porn looking. And it was just really depressing to me. But yeah, she told the MTV producers that she was like considering doing porn. And I think not doing porn was like a very good choice for her. Not that I'm like anti people doing porn, but I think I, that. I don't
2: think she would have been a good fit.
0: I, I don't think that she, like it would have benefited her life in any way beyond like a quick cash grab.
1: Can you imagine Roxanne though? <laughs> like for how like out of control she gets when she's upset about things. If, She found that out, unless they all were, like, in on this, you know, like, plan. But, I mean, that alone, I think, would be a
0: deterrent. I can just see her at the kitchen table, like, crying hysterically, like, why would you do this to me?
2: Yeah. Well, I think Brie was kind of acting out for a while, too. I mean. She was, for sure. Her Twitter back in the day. Mm -hmm. Oh, bananas. Absolutely
0: bananas. And Brie's always kind of been, like, crazier on Twitter than she is IRL but she's be like really crazy on Twitter although yeah. there was she had an ex-boyfriend leak um like revenge porn and I wonder if like after those came out and she had maybe already been getting like vivid entertainment offers and she was like well like my nudes are already out so like I might as well make money on this like I I can yeah. see that train of thought
1: <laughs> well I mean it goes back to her having great hindsight like hey maybe this is the opportunity she needed but (laughs) (laughs) thankfully that uh teen mom uh two uh train came back
2: to get back to what i was saying i mean she's kind of consistently worked a day job i mean yeah she still does yeah Yeah. she just in the last episode she was talking about calling out of work so lewis could
0: see stella yeah yeah brie has like real legitimate like like, she can't just, like, pick up and go to Hawaii, you know what I mean? Like, when she wants to go, like, she has real legitimate, like, I have to put in for vacation days. Mm-hmm. So back to the sixteen pregnant episode, I don't even know where we are, but um, we did get a really good scene of Brittany and Brie talking about why Brittany made her choice that she did and how... I mean, I can't imagine being Roxanne and, like, learning Bree's pregnant, like, having your blow-up about that. And then Britt's like, Mom. Yeah. I have something to tell you.
1: I just wonder if, like, part of um, Brittany's decision, and I, you know, I think she did mention something about how, like, probably in a, maybe it was, like, Teen Mom 3, like how, you know, the guy was shitty and one no part of that, but, like, I feel like part of her decision probably had to come with like, well, look, my little sister's having a baby, like, can't afford two babies for sure. Yeah, I think that was like a huge part of it. And like, I feel like we see her like, she's pretty gracious, I think, through all of this. But like, you can see her kind of like, pull back a little, like she's not around as much. And it's, I think really, like, as the due date gets closer, I think it just
0: really kind of wears on her. Yeah. Yeah. I liked watching them fight a little more cuz they they definitely fight more like teen sister like it made me kind of appreciate where they are now and like how much yeah. more grown up they are because they like when Britney's screaming like she's a brat like right. I don't think Britney screams like that about Brie anymore cuz they've just like outgrown that phase but I just thought it was funny like throughout the episode them bickering and fighting it was they were just so much more teenagers
2: I did write yeah. down that I love the uh, bean fight yeah, she's pregnant, not disabled yeah, i love that
0: so uh there's a scene of like roxanne and Brittany or brie putting the a crib together and britney like cuts her foot and brit brie cuts her foot britney comes in and they talk about how like brit's gonna help with the baby but that like she doesn't want to help that much and that she is feeling like a little resentful and she's like well you know, I can't like go back and change what happened, but like, it is hard. And I just, I think it's like beautiful, like beautiful how open they are and how much they're able to talk about like, Hey, we're in a really hard situation. And it's weird. It's interesting to watch how they're both jealous of each other.
2: Mm I also like the way that Roxanne turned the whole, the whole, uh, building the crib into a teachable situation about cleaning up bodily fluids. Yes.
1: <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was the honesty was like really refreshing. And and one thing I kind of got from that too, was like Roxanne's sad about how yes. things have worked out, but she's still like not wavering in her support. Cause I feel like in some of these other 16 and pregnancies, we've seen like, the parents, like, I mean, well, who are the, who are the parents that like kicked the, the girl out that was like homeless? Was it Jordan?
0: Yeah. I, Jordan.
1: You just don't necessarily
0: see that sort of support. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, so Brittany talks about the fact that like, she's like, well, I'm not tied down. And like, I'm seeing you all tied down and I'm like glad I'm not there. And Breeze crying and like Roxanne says to Brittany, like, basically says, like, I'm really happy you got an abortion because you're going to be successful and you have your whole life ahead of you. And then you can tell in that moment, she's like, oh my God, but Brie is in the room. And she like turns to Brie and is basically like, and you're going to be successful too. And you're going to have your entire life. And I can't imagine as a mother, like, so you're trying to emotionally support two polarly opposite situations that came from the same bad decision. Right. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, it's like Brittany made what, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by my opinion on this. Brittany made the responsible and right choice for their situation. And Brie didn't. She made the choice based on what her boyfriend wanted her to do. And I think that Roxanne is in an incredibly hard position where she wants to lift up and empower her daughter who made the right choice while not shaming the daughter that didn't, you know, she doesn't want, she still wants the best for Brie. And you can feel that through this whole episode that she is like, like you said, like, I, it's just so incredible how supportive and non shaming she is, but also like not celebratory, You know, like yeah. there's, she really walks like a good line of like not being like, I'm so excited you're pregnant, but also not being like, I can't believe you got pregnant, you're terrible like she walks a really fine line and in that scene i just thought it was so interesting watching her almost talk out both sides of her mouth but i don't i think it was more genuine than that she was just trying to figure out how to support each daughter with their decision
2: yeah i agree i mean i agree to the point where i barely even noticed it I and mean, she was she was doing such a good job of assuaging both both sides of that equation um so yeah yeah
0: yeah, it's definitely, I can't imagine like, I mean, she even said a little, I don't think we mentioned this, but like when there's a scene where Brie, Brittany, and Roxanne are talking and Roxanne like kind of offhand says like, I really didn't want you to keep it. I, I really wanted you to get an abortion to Brie. But then, I don't know. I thought she did a good job of supporting Brie through this whole thing and Brittany. But I think that like, there's also a natural dynamic of rocks supporting Brie a little more than supporting Brittany. I, you know, yeah. like, I think that's their natural family dynamic. And I think that Brittany, like she says at one point, you know, watching mom buy baby clothes for another baby is like really hard. And I'm wondering not to get like two armchair psychologists, but like, if that also goes to like watching mom, like, spend money on and, like, spoil and, like, be excited for something with you and not me.
1: I feel like we saw that in family therapy, too, where, I don't know, I think Brie gets, like, yeah, like, a soft touch with everything, and Brittany doesn't, but.
0: Yeah, well, I think Roxanne and Brittany are so similar that Roxanne probably views, like, if I'm Roxanne and I have Britney and Brianna, like, I look at Ra. I look at Brittany, and I'm like, she's tough. She's good. She's fine. She's just like me. I don't need. I don't need to worry about her. I don't need to like spend all my time, you know, like doing stuff for her because she's going to do it herself. She's very independent. She's very strong-willed. She's loud. She can stand up for herself. And then I think they see Brie like a little doll, and she's like, I need to help Brie. She's very different from me. Like we look different. We talk different. We act different. Like Brie like Brittany and Roxanne are twins and it's especially noticeable in this 16 pregnant episode, how much they look alike. Uh, and yeah. I think Roxanne just like, kind of, you know, is like, she's got this, but like Brie doesn't. And I think Britney feels that.
2: Definitely. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote, that down, how, how similar they were, how similar they even looked um, in the 16 pregnant. Um, so I, I, I have that as well. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, Brie is, she's the baby of the house she's i think everybody's always kind of had to form a circle around her um just a wounded little bird of a human being
0: yeah truly she truly is their family bird yeah (laughs) so devon is like mostly absent throughout this whole episode it's just kind of like i texted devon he's not answering i texted devon he's not answering um her friends are like, he's a bum. We find out he doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a license. He doesn't have a job. And that definitely stays a theme until really last season. Mm -hmm. And he still doesn't have a license though, I don't think. Uber's around now though. Uber changed Uber like really equal, you know, leveled the playing field for no license Devon thank god for that
1: yeah i i had one of those things like i wrote that down where like has he ever really worked and like he doesn't have a license but i am confused like in the narration after nova was born there was something about i think uh when he drove away
0: i was like that doesn't track okay we'll just talk about it really quickly um after there was a big fight in the hospital and in the voiceover, Bree says Devon drove away. And I wrote that down in how did he drive? Yeah. It's like, this is, doesn't add up. But I'm wondering if maybe after basketball, one of his friends like let them borrow his car. You know, it's like, let me go borrow your car to go see the baby. Yeah.
2: I'm just picturing a guy out in the parking lot waiting for him. who's was like peeling rubber on his instructions.
0: Yeah, that's also extremely possible because, as we see after the baby's born, Devon comes by and his friend is with him, and it's like he couldn't wait in the car.
2: Yeah, his ride comes in with him, and seems uh, like a very polite young man, but it's certainly an awkward situation.
0: Yeah. Um. So there is a scene about where they talk about baby names, and, uh, her baby name choices are Luna, Nova, and Bliss. Yeah. And
2: uh, Roxanne Vito's bliss because it sounds like a stripper's name.
0: Yeah. I mean, I loved Luna. I think Luna is such a pretty name, but I also, I think Nova is a cute name and I think it's cute for Nova. Like I think she looks like a Nova and it's like cute for her. I agree. And Roxanne is like, I love Nova. It's the birth of a star. This is the birth of your baby. And Bree's like, all right, then we'll name her Nova. And Roxanne's like, wait, you don't have to name her that. Cause I like yeah. it. And Bree's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> name her Nova. <laughs> I <laughs> don't like
1: though that her middle name is Star because I feel like it's basically it's, it's Star Star. Thing. But so is star, Stella. Star. Stella yeah. is still a star as well. Oh God,
0: Brittany or <laughs> Brianna? You dumb dumb. Oh, I love her. Um, so Devon, like, oh wait, we get this weird scene where she's having like time with her girls and they do. Arts and Crafts, which involves making t shirts, white t shirts, like ironing on letters. And then I I was like, oh, maybe they're going to do like a a pregnancy photo shoot. And then they throw paint onto each other (laughs) in the front yard. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. I, Well, I wrote down because I thought
1: I saw them using using puffy paint. And then I was like, wait a minute. I thought that (laughs) too. I go, are (laughs) they not like that dry? I was like, went back to 4H, and I was like, oh no, you like step back and come back in a few
0: hours. But I'm
1: like, does puppy paint still exist? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look for it now. So,
0: <laughs> but what, why were they throwing paint on each
2: other? It was such a weird scene. I I don't know. They I don't think they provided any context for that.
1: I like, though, how we all just accepted it at face value until, you know, we had to watch it with this episode with a more critical eye so that we could talk about it. And I was like, wait, wait, this doesn't add up. You got to let that sit for at least four to six hours. (laughs)
0: that's true i think when i just used to watch 16 and pregnant i was so used to those weird filler scenes that they would do like that like they're acti- you know how i talk about like i hate the activities that they do on these shows yeah and 16 pregnant is all. i think that's another reason i don't love 16 pregnant it's like always full of activities
2: yeah and it, it's kind of under false pretense too. like sort of like when you watch real housewives of wherever and somebody's pitching like a trip to go somewhere and it's like you know bravo's coming up with these ideas bravo's the one bankrolling and pitching these yeah. ideas it's not coming from teddy mellon camp
0: you know? yeah like on the real house of at oc when they went to ireland like kind of oh meg so cool yeah <laughs> i even
2: heard
0: bra- i even heard andy cohen on a podcast once be like well that was one of our uh, more obvious ones <laughs>
1: Yeah, not only did I make Chuck start watching, you know, everything in the Teen Mom universe, but now he is up to date with all of the housewives too. So he's really fallen uh, down I mean, several bags on his television watching.
2: My, my, original, my original offer was I will watch them as they air with you, but I will not go back and watch the back catalog. And I... I I don't know what happened but we were on our honeymoon and we watched the real housewives of OC from the very beginning so because yeah.
0: nothing makes sense if you don't watch from the beginning you can't understand the deep and important dynamics of these shows if you yeah. don't watch all of the seasons I'm very much a purist like you have to watch from episode 1 for everything like for me there's like no point in watching if you're not like doing the beginning
2: I I've since accepted that
0: Also Just, like I stayed with my ex-boyfriend for a really long time and part of the reason was like because he just loved like Bravo reality shows as much as I did and it was just like but it's so easy to be with someone who watches The Housewives. Yeah (laughs) very true. Uh, So oh so Devon finally texts her back and they meet up and she's like well you know this is where okay Bree does this thing that she's continuing to do that I even talked about in the last episode or maybe two episodes again, where she like dangles things for her baby daddies, like as rewards. And she doesn't hear where she's like, well, he can have, she can have your last name if you like show up. Yeah. It's, she's doing it now with child support and with changing, uh, Nova's last name. Like, she seems to do these things where she has this idea that, like, if she, like, if she can, like, levy a promise to her baby daddy, he'll, like, want to do better.
1: I'm just surprised she still hasn't, like, she's just not somebody that, like, learns her lesson, where it's like, okay, you already went through this once, and then it's like, you know, Louis, like, some guy she met at the club, and, you know, it's like some guy you've been... Seeing for like four weeks you think he's gonna come through for you
2: but who already has a kid he never sees
0: yeah yeah I just yeah no she really it's really crazy to me that she had Stella yeah it's really crazy that she was at the abortion clinic and Roxanne was like why don't you just call Lewis one more time
1: oh Roxanne why <sighs> I guess don't, I don't that's terrible like, to say
0: because she's here now. I but. mean, and Stella's great and gorgeous and, like, so funny. And she already has, like, a ton of personality. Like, I actually very much like Stella. But I just, looking at Bree's life and especially looking at the 16 and Pregnant episode and, like, seeing how much of a not-shit baby daddy Devon was from the start, why she, like, trusted Lewis to be any different.
2: I yeah, I it's mind-boggling. It really is. I mean, I mean, maybe cuz he's older? I I don't know.
1: She just makes the absolute worst choices with men. And I'm like, this season I'm finding kind of refreshing because we don't have Javi poking around. Devon we're seeing like in a new light where he's, you know, like not an absentee father and we barely have to see this guy that she's dating but then when i see her with him i'm like why are you dating him like
2: i don't know i think chicken john's getting a pretty good at it
0: i think he is too but at the same time i'm like why are you like first of all why does she do long distance relationships like this is her second long distance relationship in a row although i guess I wonder if she likes it because she is somebody that she can like text with all day, but like doesn't have to like plan her life around. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because her life basically doesn't change except for, you know, she gets to go away every, you know, every, every other month or something. So I would I don't know,
0: sound pretty good. So back to the episode, Brie and Devon have a talk about well, first of all, Brie says with your last, if the baby has your last name, you have rights. If it doesn't, like you don't have shit. And I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, she's
1: kind of smart.
0: such a weird line. Um, and Bree was like, I'm just asking for for a few simple things, like for you to get a job. And he says, why? Yeah. And she's like, I, I feel bad because she's literally asking him to do like the most simple thing. She's like, I just want you to be there. Like, that's it. Like, I just want you to show up and help. Like, yes, I want you to get a job, but like, I just want you to help. And he's like, well, what do I need to do? <laughs> she's like, just help and, she, and just show up for your child. And he's like, yeah, but like, what do you need me to do? And she's like, I don't need you to do shit. <laughs> like... Yeah,
2: he, he reminds me of guys I went to school with who would do anything they could to get out of having a job.
0: Yeah, it's like he want. I think there's definitely a lot of boys and men on this earth who love the idea of having a baby and not much beyond that.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, once the reality sets in, they're in the
0: wind. Yeah. There's a weird scene of a doctor's appointment and they're like, can you just tell us that it's for sure, girl?
2: Yeah, they really don't want a boy, do they?
0: She was like 39 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Like, I just want to make sure it's a girl. And I'm like, has she not had, I mean, I guess maybe she only had a couple ultrasounds because if you act, from what I understand, like, you don't actually have that many ultrasounds unless you're like going and paying for like the 3D ones and- high risk or something. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe she just like hadn't had an ultrasound since 20 weeks or something and just wanted to be sure. Uh, and they get it on a DVD and bring it home. And this is when, like, a weird fight breaks out. Bree's trying to, like, put the sonogram on the DVD player. Roxanne's trying to make dinner. Bree's like, but I want beans. And Brittany flips out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. That, that's the, the famous, you're pregnant, not disabled. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
0: She's got a lot of good one-liners and besides Brittany. She's like, if you want beans, make them yourself. And then she's yelling at Roxanne to stop spoiling her. And you can just tell that this is a fight they have a lot. Pre-pregnancy, yeah. post-pregnancy. This is a fight, a regular fight at the DeJesus house.
2: Yeah, this is like three dinners a week, that this happened. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, then they basically tell us, and it's pretty obvious, that this stems from the fact that, like, like Britt was upset about the sonogram and i think like that makes sense like did the sonogram need to be played on the tv like probably not uh brie starts crying and roxanne asks if she's just overwhelmed and she says yeah and i think i have a feeling that brie like kind of in that moment realized like why Brittany was upset and felt bad about it
2: yeah Yeah, there's a lot of talk um through this about walking around on eggshells um, with Brittany to to not make her more depressed to not make her sad or sort of, you know, trigger resentment. There's a lot of talk of that in that, in this episode. And um, yeah, I don't want the baby to come and she gets extra depressed. And I'm wondering, is is she already depressed? Has she already expressed that? Is that that already a thing that they're dealing with?
0: Well, I think, Early in the episode, Bree like, Brittany's not around. She's not spending time in the house. Like, I think that they probably have acknowledged, like, maybe she's not depressed, but like making herself scarce. And I think Bree is having a real hard time. She's talking to a friend and she's like, you know, a 35 year old, when they get pregnant, they get to enjoy being pregnant. And I don't get to enjoy being pregnant because like, I'm a teen. I feel like I'm missing out on so much. And, like, she's so scared of enjoying being pregnant because it will upset Brittany. And it's just sad because, you know, they're, like, not just sisters, but they're best friends. Yeah. And I can't imagine, like, how much of must have sucked for Brie. Because I'm sure in her head it was always like, well, when I get pregnant, my sister's going to be there for me with everything. And, like, they are now. You know what I mean? Like, Brittany would never miss a doctor's appointment. Like, no, absolutely she probably not. went to all of Stella's you know, doctor's appointments, like Brittany is there, like we see how close they are and how much like Brittany helps her and is at everything that she needs her to be at. And it's just, I can't imagine like how alone, like Brevin even is crying about it. It's like, I feel so lonely for my friends, but like also for my sister. And I was like, Oh yeah,
2: that's the nail on the head, isn't it?
0: So they go, her friends, all go out to a haunted house and Brittany agrees to come and while they're at the haunted house Bree's stomach starts to really hurt so they leave and she goes into labor that night and devon is actually there shocking i i what? was
1: impressed too that she was actually right that she was like going into labor because so i feel like there's a lot of false starts and
2: stops in a lot of these episodes so well done well, i think devon was only there because roxanne picked him up I no, mean,
0: no, he, no, he came done. to the house
2: and then Roxanne drove them Why all. Oh, I thought they said Roxanne picked him up.
0: I think they said that he I texted Devon and he actually showed up and then we all drove to the hospital. Oh, Devon then. Yeah, shockingly. Um and everything goes really well. Baby Nova's born and then Devon leaves to play basketball.
1: Yep. Could be a good shot <laughs> all his life. Which isn't that basically what Stefan did in Young and Pregnant, where I'm like, this is a recurring motif. Oh, yeah.
0: Stefan was always leaving to play basketball.
1: You, you know, you can't fall behind on that kind of stuff. Babies are no babies.
0: I mean, he might lose his skills. He has yeah. practice. <laughs> but, of course, they flip out about it. Rightfully so. And here's my thing though. So like he leaves to go play basketball. Okay. We all agree that that's shitty, but like if he stayed, he would have been on the birth certificate and Nova would have had his last name. Like also like when he, okay. So he leaves to go play basketball. They don't put his name on the birth certificate and they give her like Bree's last name. But if I guess like, just cause I've never had a baby, I don't know, but you would think Devon would show up and be like, I'm actually the father. Like, I'd like to sign the birth certificate.
1: Yeah, that seems suspect that they could just kind of steamroll that. No
0: father. And they were like, well, what about the guy who was in the delivery room with you? No, not the father.
1: Hmm. How long was he playing basketball? Like, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Just very confusing, um and apparently they have a big blowout fight, which mTV cameras did not capture which is which is a shame because my favorite yes. sixteen and pregnant moments are when the baby dads and like the the sixteen pregnant mom's family fights in the delivery room like I love that
2: yeah the the animation was a poor substitute for the real thing in this case
0: we find out that he like cursed them all out, <laughs> like was screaming. Yeah.
2: He made a dramatic uh, show of tearing off his his hospital band that said "Father." Oh,
0: yeah. Yep. yeah. So the hospital knew there was a father there. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. how do you just not put the birth the name on the birth certificate?
1: But still, know. the most shocking part of all of that to me was that she said Devon drove off. I was like, that doesn't track.
0: <laughs> um. So they go home, and Brit. Like, I think. Okay, I have a theory that Devon like her watching Brie of the baby was probably like really important for her and then watching Devon leave and then come back and curse her and her mom out was Brittany's like snap in moment I think that was like oh like the baby's here like it was incredible watching the baby be born I love this baby And I'm, I'm not dealing with this not shit baby daddy. And I'm not letting anyone treat my sister. And now the niece that I love very much that way, because once they get into that car leaving, like that's the Brittany we know and love who has not been here this whole episode. If you noticed Mm -hmm. yeah, she gets in the car and she's like, Nope, he's not shit. He's not shit. Fuck him. And I was like, yeah, Brittany, (laughs) like here's Brittany. Like the whole before that, the whole entire episode, like, she has her lines, like, they get into a little fight, as they get into that fight as we talk about, but, like, she doesn't seem very protective over Brie, we can't really tell how close they are, like, but th- in that moment, I really do think that that was Brie, or Brits, like, like, awakening, or, like, moment that she was, like, realized how much she wanted to be a part of all of this.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Because by the end, by the end of the episode, I mean the sisters—they, they make a show of making peace and sort of sitting down and seeing eye to eye. And um, obviously, there's there's some more bumps in the road. I mean, there's family therapy, and then you have being Brittany, where she's talking about moving to Seattle, but ultimately decides not to. Which, again, a, a lot of that goes back to the unhealthy codependent aspects of of the relationship. I think. I think Roxanne sows anxiety. I think she's really good at that.
0: Yes. Whether
2: she realizes it or not.
0: Yes, that's a great way. to. That's a really good way to discuss it. But I do want to say that there is the codependency, but then there's also like the really real fact that Roxanne has a very serious chronic illness and that she has two little nieces. And I think it weighs on her, like, can I leave mom, like, just to breathe? Like I think that that is like a codependency factor, but like you know, if my mom got sick, let's say, like it would just be on me because my brother lives in Seattle. Like, yeah. like and he wouldn't be able to just move here. You know, he has a career and a family there, and it it's very not that. Like, do you get know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. I think Britt like realize. I think Britt feels probably pretty stuck. I think that she also has the pretty unique opportunity of getting a decent paycheck from MTV that keeps her there. I think that's definitely part of it. But I think that Brittany realizes like, yeah, it's definitely a level of codependency, but the fact that their mom is sick is real, you know, like that's not codependency. That's like, we have to take care of her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think between that and then like seeing how, like, I think Brianna is a very capable parent, but she is... Very much a single parent, not as much now with um uh
0: cousin Devon, but yeah, no, but they can't rely on Devon for anything. No, he's not, he's so not I- he doesn't have a car, he doesn't have means to get around. Like, Nova still doesn't really go there on her own. Like, it's great that he's showing up, but she's like still the single parent,
1: yeah. So, I think Brittany, like, I, I just think a sense of obligation to not only with. Yeah. With, yeah, Roxanne being sick, but, like, Brianna needs some help. She can't rely on, like,
0: mm-hmm. anybody but Brittany
1: and her mom, and her mom's
0: sick, so. And, but I think where the codependency kicks in, it's like, why doesn't Brittany have her own apartment? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I also think, of course, there's the cultural factor and the fact that they're Latina, and in a lot of Latina, like, cultures, it's very normal for, like, uh, multi-generational families to live together.
2: And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because you don't see that like at all. I mean, on, on teen mom, you don't see that at all on, on young and pregnant and you don't see it at all on, on 16 and pregnant. This, this kind of family dynamic is very, very different than what we're used to. I mean.
0: That's true. Like we're all going mean, to be
2: helping. Chelsea, her you who are like, you know, Chelsea was, has, a, is close to her dad and he's always there to bail her out. But. You know, they don't live in the same house.
0: No, she moved out in season one, a teen mom. I mean, he paid for it. Yeah, She moved out, but yeah, no, I think you're very much right that like, I think there, and like when it comes to Brittany moving or Brittany doing anything, that there is a level of codependency and I there's a level of Roxanne being sick and there's also a level of like, they're a multi-generational family caring for the kids. And I think that was like, always understood that like, I don't think Brittany like, raises the kids, but you know, she helps take them to school. Like she does what she, she helps out a lot. And I, though, I really like Chuck, what you said that Roxanne sows anxiety and she does. I think that's a really good way to describe it. And I don't think she's necessarily doing it intentionally. I have a feeling that's how her mom was. You know, I would bet like her parents were like that. And I think that she has this way of, like manifesting like an anxious energy onto her daughters
2: mm-hmm. which maybe is uh you know a way that ensures that for her to ensure that she's constantly needed
0: yes very much yes I think that that's absolutely true I don't know what Roxanne would do if you even remember like when Brie first came back on Team mom 2 and she was going to move out with Lewis and they were like asking Nova if Nova wanted to go with them. Like, yeah. she was like going to possibly stay with rocks. Like it was, I I think you're right. I think Roxanne has positioned herself in a way that like her kids are still very dependent on her. She's very dependent on them. The grandparents are very dependent. Or the grandchildren are very dependent on her, and I think it's—I think it's like a big mix of codependency illness and culture. And I think like you can't just say it's one or the other.
2: Oh yeah. Because I would, think when that's she, why I think wow. it's always been like so reductive and dismissive when people just call them the coven. Like I hate that. The yeah. Of, uh, of like codependent man hating women who just keep to themselves and want nothing to do with the outside world. And it's, it, it just, it, it completely negates a lot of factors that go into why they are the way they are and why they are uniquely positioned within this franchise. Um, So, yeah, I've always, I've always hated that and I've always kind of stuck up against that um, on uh, like Reddit and the message boards and stuff.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, and even in this episode, she says, you know, I left, like, a poor neighborhood in Brooklyn to come down here, like, I think Roxanne sacrificed a lot to give her daughters, you know, there are a lot of people that will move from, like, shittier neighborhoods in New York, I shouldn't say shittier, but you know what I mean, like, poor neighborhoods in New York, and will move to Florida, because Florida has a pretty low cost of living, has nice, some people consider nice weather, and I think, like, it's a it's an upgrade for a lot of people you know to get out of their neighborhoods that they were raised in and i think that Roxanne definitely i kind of lost where i was going with that but like oh it plays into their dynamics like Roxanne is a single mother like moved her daughters to florida to give them a better life and i think that that probably also sowed dependency they moved away prob- most likely as far as we know from the family unit that they had in new york mm-hmm. you know and if it's just act like the three don't. of them, and it's like we have to rely on each other to keep it, keep us afloat here.
2: Yeah, I mean, if it comes off that they don't, you know, that they think they don't need anyone else, or they act like they don't want anyone else, it's because they only ever had each other.
0: Yeah. Also, every man in their life has been shit. Yeah. They, they don't do shit to push away Devon in this episode. They don't do anything. Bree and every voiceover, Bree's like, "I've been texting Devon. He's not answering." Um you know, after they get home from the hospital, it's a full week before Devon comes by.
1: I was trying to figure out the timeline because it was quite a while. said a week. Okay.
0: And right before Brie gives birth, Roxanne and Brie are talking and Roxanne says like, he can stay here a couple nights every week. She says, I don't want to be his hotel. But you know, they would have let, if, if Devon, okay. I I know in my heart from how we know Roxanne acts. if Devon came home with them from the hospital and was there and was actively being a part of Nova's life, like, he would have lived with them. Well, yeah. Well, that
2: would have happened because it totally did happen.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would not have – She would not have stuck to a couple nights. If he was pulling his weight and making it easier and was, like, t- helping take care of Nova, like, he could – Devon had the chance and he had the choice. And yes, by the time teen mom three came around, they made it a little harder, but he had already shown his ass for months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people give them shit for that. And they're like, well, they made it impossible for Devon to parent. Bree was constantly like, please just come help watch your baby. And he wouldn't come over. And when he does, he brings a friend. He sits on his fucking phone. He doesn't even turn the phone on silent.
2: No, he's he's openly sitting there texting like there's he'd rather be anywhere else.
0: Brittany was see, like Can phones put were the, good too. Yeah, Brittany's like keep it on the fucking phone and learn how to feed your child. Like he didn't even know how to feed Nova. He had no idea because he wasn't there. So it really chaps my ass when I see people online be like, well they didn't let Devon be a dad. Like in this sixteen pregnant episode, like they tried, and I'm sure if he had been like if he hadn't left that. Day to go play basketball at the hotel at play basketball at their hospital, and he had just stayed, he would have gotten in the car with them and just went back to their house and never would have left. Yeah,
2: they would have been on the birth certificate.
0: Yeah, um, so Roxanne is like, Devon comes over, Bri- Brianna, you can even tell, is like thrilled he's there. Um, he sits on his phone, he doesn't turn his phone on silent, it's like ding, 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 ding. Roxanne is trying to talk to him and she's so calm.
1: Yeah. This is not the Roxanne that we saw last season at all. She was, she had a lot of grace in that situation.
0: She was so fucking calm. She was like, and even under, like, she was respectful. She was like, you know, like if you stay around and you're here more, like you're going to learn, you're going to know how, I know it seems hard right now, but like all you have to do is show up. And you'll be better, and then roxanne's like, you know, I feel pretty disrespected right now, and he's like, "Why?
2: yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of nerve that he's he's uh he's got some brass balls in this episode, you know, why do I need to get a job? Why are you disrespected right now? I just like I don't understand you know I... can you
1: imagine being his friend Pedro, though, where you just have to like sit there and watch all of this unfold like Oh, I don't think we so, ever saw him again.
0: That was probably... I was like, why the fuck did you make me do that? God. <laughs> so Bree was like, I feel like you're just being really rude for no reason. And Devon's like, I'm trying not to argue. And Bree's like, who's arguing here? <laughs> like, it was... Yeah. The, I mean, I do under... Oh, at one point when Brittany was like, put the phone down, he... What did he say? I wrote it down. He said... He goes, too bad, too bad. He just like keeps saying too bad to her. It was very weird. So, Brittany was being aggressive for sure. But then, Brittany gets up and walks away. And Roxanne is so calm when she's talking to him. And he's like, Well, I don't want to argue. And like, nobody's arguing, Devon. Is Roxanne that, is just saying, probably, Come around for your, to your child. The birth certificate? Yeah, I think he was so mad. Well, and I think that once. Once Savon like, actually understood that, like, a baby was coming, I think he was done. Yeah. yeah. I think that, and I honestly, I think if they put him on the birth certificate, like, he, it wouldn't have changed anything. I think he was very immature. I think he was probably smoking a lot of pot, like, running around, doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And just, like, did not care to be involved. And Roxanne, like, it w- it's easy for him to be like, well, your mom's a bitch.
2: Yeah, again, it's, it's reductive and self-serving.
0: Yeah. Um we do get a scene of Bree like going to talk to a school counselor and it's always depressing when they're like, "So how long will it take for me to finish?" after they say they want to take one class and like this counselor is always like, "Well, a little
2: longer than 2 years." I do like that of all the um all the many times we've seen the teen moms tour colleges or universities or beauty schools or what have you i do like that we got the scene of them changing nova on the toilet in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> they
0: why they were changing her Bree had the diaper in her mouth that was real <laughs> just yeah, like, they have have a changing it. table like you would think they would have a changing table you'd think so yeah i
1: i have worked in higher education for 10 plus years now and then that got me to thinking where I'm like I don't know if I've ever seen a changing table I'm gonna be on the lookout now after seeing
0: that upsets me
1: all of that go down I'm not sure I've actually seen one
0: that's really terrible
1: I'm gonna start a campaign on campus to sh- uh,
0: seriously get them so we get a little scene of Roxanne and Brittany or Bree like kind of debriefing about the college experience and Bree is just like I think Bree is honestly and truly realizing like I'm not going to be able to do this because I don't like d- I'm a totally single parent. Bree, oh yeah, Bree's just so frustrated. Devon just isn't going to help her, and she I think it's like the nerd. Like like I said, the reality of the situation. She's like I just don't see how I'm going to like be a parent, work, and go to school. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that situation is like totally like underscored when she's. She's supposed to meet Devon for dinner and he totally blows her off.
0: Oh, that's heartbreaking. So Devon agrees to meet with her, but he doesn't want to meet with her in front of her mom. So her mom, because I guess Bree also doesn't have a license at this point. I don't know. These two, I will say, and this is like a common occurrence that I've noticed on these shows, is that the dad, like the whole episode will be about how a dad doesn't have a job. A dad doesn't have a license. The dad doesn't have the car. But mm-hmm. then you're like, does she have a job? Like, Does she have a license? Like, does she have a car? And yes, I'm like, I understand she's having the baby, birthing the baby, and she's going to be the one caring for the baby. But that is like a common theme throughout 16 and Pregnant, where they're like, why don't you have a car? And it's like, well, why don't you have a car?
2: Truth. Truth. Yeah, I, I don't think she has any of those things in this episode. I mean, by the end of it, she does. She's at least got a job, um, or she's in college.
0: Yeah, she was, like, signing up for college. But, I mean, I guess it's different – not different, but there's the implicit understanding that Roxanne will be, like, providing everything for Nova. So, like, Bree's side is covered, you know? So it's not necessarily the same as Devon – like, unless Devon's mom was willing to pay for Nova, which – Have we ever seen his parents? No, but do you remember – there, the first season that they came back on Teen Mom 2, Devon's mom, like, wanted Nova to go over there, and she was like, Nova doesn't even know her. Like, yeah, she, doesn't, she doesn't call and ask about her. Like, she's never made an effort to be part of Nova's life. He
1: has a couple sisters or something, too, because yeah. I remember there was talk about that, and it's like, we've never... I mean, we've seen his buddy Pedro, and then, like, whoever that young man is, he lives with now, but, like... We've never, like, even really heard about his family.
0: And, like, fair enough. I, as I've said many times, like, I would never be on Teen Mom. Like, I have total respect. But there are lots of family members who aren't on this show that we know are intricate parts of the children's lives, such as the Linz, you know? Or mm-hmm. Madonna. Like, she's never been on this show. But, like, we know she exists. And I think that, I think that Devon's family just was never, I mean... I don't know. To be fair, like on one hand, if your son isn't involved in his daughter's life, like how involved will you be? But like, I can't imagine just being like, oh, well I have a granddaughter out there that I'm like not in touch with.
1: I think probably his family situation definitely bleeds over into like how we saw him kind of start out parenting, like just kind of, I don't know, a lot of apathy, like just. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I think that, like, even if she didn't want to be on the show or his family didn't want to be on the show, there would still be a lot more talk of her if she was involved yeah. so I'm not saying back to the point like I'm not saying that his mom should have been paying for him like to pay for Nova, but I guess that's the reason why we don't focus as much on like Bree not having a job because like we know her payment's coming from rocks, so like it doesn't matter that much if she doesn't have a job, but I will say like. I was thinking about that when she was like going on and on. I'm like, okay, but like, are you going to try and provide for her? Are you just going to rely on your mom? Yeah. I don't
1: know. Um, I do want to go back for a second Mm -hmm. because there is a um, glaring omission we've made. We are not talking about Brianna's
0: haircut. Oh my God. We (laughs) forgot her fucking pixie cut looks so fucking good.
1: Which I I am a fellow short haired lady, so and I know a good pixie cut when I see it, and it just looks so great on her. And I think that was one of the things that when she wasn't on TV for a while, like I still remembered her as like having yes, the, the great short hair. So
0: well, she like her friend sees her and goes, "You look older," and it's it the cut aged her ten years, but in a good way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just looked really mature, like in a good way.
0: Yeah, I mean, she rocks that pixie cut so well, and I would love to see her do it again. I was just I thinking she that so she looks so good. Yeah, she's like, I've had a hard two weeks, so I treated myself to a haircut, and then she has this like fabulous pixie cut for the rest of it, and that's what she had all through Teen month three, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I think so. It looks so good. Oh, she should get it again. Um, But yeah, so Devon agrees to meet up with her for dinner. Roxanne drives her to dinner. And I guess waits in the car outside. (laughs) Yeah. And Devon doesn't show up. Like, what a piece of shit. That was so gross. And it was,
1: um, I guess my, like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, is he just have, like, he, he just has a lack of respect for them in general but then also it's like the immaturity coupled with that like it's just I just can't imagine leaving like just blowing off the mother of my child especially like when she's sitting there waiting for you not like you know I'll stop over there after basketball like she left the house we don't like to leave the house so it just really
2: so it's a big deal resonated
0: yeah yeah no, it's like, and she just sat at that restaurant. She had the baby with her. Like it was just so sad. Yeah,
2: and it's but, hey, Roxanne like, came through. Yeah, it's a moment like that where, you're like, you're glad she's got her mother in her life. You're glad. Yeah. Life, because I mean, who else is going to come through for her at that
0: at that moment? Absolutely, absolutely. So the episode kind of ends with uh Brie and Brittany having like an honest talk, and this is what I meant by this episode, like having a beautiful moment that we do not get to see on this show where Brie is like, I made the wrong choice. I should have had an abortion. I love my baby, but like you did the right thing. And Brittany is like, Brianna says like, Brittany is so supportive. She's so amazing how much she surprised her by like just being so supportive. And it's just like, I mean, Brie's story will always be this, but it's like a tale of two sisters that I find, like, really beautiful.
2: It's a very tender wrap-up to the episode. Uh, it's yeah. It's almost, almost like a reconciliation after what was obviously a lot of hard stuff between the two of them throughout the course of, of the pregnancy. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's, an, there's an omission of respect from, from both sisters. From both sisters, um, you know, Brie's, Brittany says to Brie, like, I don't know how you do it. People let other people down, you know? Um, and Bree tells her, she's like, you made a smart decision, and I respect it. And I just, I just thought that moment of recognition, even if it was short-lived, was just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's just, like I said, MTV got so lucky with the storyline and the contrast of the storylines. And they had done in season two, a, or like in between season two and three, 16 Pregnant, I think, like an abortion special on one of the girls that was on, so it must have been- Oh, yeah. Michaela, I think her name was, Malika? I can't remember exactly what her name is off the top of my head, but she got an abortion and they did a special on her that I think she got a lot of backlash for. And I think what they should have done- was this episode and then they should have re they should have shot an entire second episode from breeze or britney's perspective and played those back to back
1: yeah uh marky i think i'm looking that i was just looking that up yeah i just think this is i mean we never like besides britney and then that one um the special it's like they never have like Address this as a choice. Like they talk about it, but they breeze past it. But it's like there's so many girls that we've seen. Like if they had made this choice, their lives would be so different. So
0: yeah, I mean, it's just I would have loved to have seen. You know, we got being Brittany now, but I would have loved to see back then that they did a whole episode on Brittany. I think that. I understand, like, the point of the show is having the baby, but I think this would have been a really good way for Teen Mom to, like, do a entire episode. Not, like, a serious abortion special. You know what I mean? Like, that it had to be an abortion special. Like, that's how they did it. Like, an abortion special. Like, Dr. Drew was there. It was, like, a sit down. But I think it would have been really cool if, or even, like, a 90-minute episode and we got more individual Britney scenes and, like, uh, like, some narration from Britney and, like, inner dialogue from Britney and, like, really talking about what it's like to be a teen and get an abortion and then see, like, others around you deal with teen pregnancy. But, like, it's just so refreshing to have one of these fucking shows talk about abortion. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think now, I mean, it's so far removed, like, the 16 and pregnant to, like, what we see now with Britney. It's like I had kind of even forgotten about that until I watched it again. So. Yeah. Different
0: time. It was definitely a good episode i'm glad you guys picked this episode it's i'm glad they're on teen mom too i think they're a good addition to the cast i think they add some much needed diversity not just the fact that they're puerto rican but like like socioeconomic diversity you know they add a different layer not because like they struggle but like as we said like they culturally live very differently than all the other girls on Teen Mom 2 and Teen Mom OG, but especially Teen Mom 2. And they give us something that is fresh.
2: Oh, They're literally the only segments I look forward to on Teen Mom 2 now. I mean, watching it now, it's a complete slog. I mean, it's...
0: Oh, it's so bad. I don't know what they're going to do next season. As I talk about on like every episode, I just don't know where Teen Mom 2 goes from here. I Like they have to fire Janelle, right? Like yeah, they don't want to, but they have, like how do you keep how do you keep Janelle on this show? I mean, she well, keeps- she's not even going to be
1: on the next couple of episodes. Oh, yeah, I read she, like, that. gives them nothing. And she, out of anybody, because this was our dinner conversation yesterday, like, when the Teen Mom money dries up from that franchise, she is going to be the most fucked because she has no ability to do anything else.
0: No. Just- no yeah. savings. No, like, oh. she's... It's really it's really scary the idea of her not being on the show i did read a theory because you know i've always been like i don't understand why david wants her fired if all of their income comes from teen mom i did read somebody on reddit left a really good comment that they thought um like speculating for why david would want her off the show and it's because david would be able to go back to work and be the provider and have that financial control over janelle which is like the one area that he doesn't yeah. He doesn't have a leg up on Janelle, you know what I mean? Like in the end, like she is still the breadwinner and she's still the famous one. And if he could get her off the show, like even though it would hurt him, it's probably not coming from a place of like him looking at what is the smart decision. But he wants like the controlling stake.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I would, I would buy that for a dollar.
0: Which is depressing and sad, and I think it's very. I mean, even Barbara, like on this season was like, Janelle has to film, like it's her job. Like she understands that, like it's her job. And it's nice that they're like finally kind of open, even since breaking the fourth wall, they don't always talk about it like that. And it is, it's Janelle's job. And it's just so crazy to think, I mean, the reality is they'll be fine for a little bit because her Instagram money, you know, like the clickbait, she still has a million followers or however many followers she has like for two Mm -hmm. years, let's say. They'll be able to live, like, not as much money, but they'll be able to live off the social media stuff. But, like, when that dwindles, like, whew. Yeah, we
1: did, uh, yesterday, we checked all of the teen moms' Instagrams to see who has the most followers. Chelsea? It's Chelsea. So I think Chelsea will be fine. Janelle's up there, but still, she's not, she's after Kale, which I thought was kind of sweet, kind of uh, justice. But,
0: well, I think that Chelsea. I think Chelsea will be fine because I think Chelsea's dad has had her with a financial planner since they started making money. So yeah. I think that she probably has savings, investments. You know what I mean? Like they'll be, I think they'll take a hit. And I think that she'll have to like actually utilize those social media followers. Cause if you look on Chelsea's Instagram, she doesn't do like any sponsor content, which like whatever, good for her, but at the same time is also like lazy as fuck. Like you have you are sitting on, what does she have? Like 5 million followers. Like you are hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars per year that you're not utilizing because you don't feel like building your own brand and like, whatever, you don't want to do the fit T stomach. Like I get that. And like her only like spawn con is like that profile standard diet shit. She hawks, which I like, they can't be paying her that much money. Um, like I've seen her do like a Campbell's soup ad. Like she really doesn't do a lot of ads. She doesn't do the clickbait, which like that I understand and support, but like she should be running a like mommy blogger, vlogger type of Instagram. And it's fucking crazy that she's not. And it's because she's too lazy to do it. She's too lazy to generate like a brand for herself that sponsor content would make sense with. And on one hand it's like I can understand why because she makes a lot of money from teen mom but on the other hand it's like I don't have a lot of respect for someone that blows a platform like that
1: well nope. we know she's not busy washing her hair so <laughs> she definitely could find the time to
0: do it in our group chat one day we were tra- we were guessing how many times a week Chelsea washes her hair and I wash my hair like two times a week which means Chelsea probably washes her hair like once every other week
1: That is just what I was thinking. I do like every other day, but I'm like, that's like, that is like two weeks of dry shampoo.
0: Yeah. I would would say two, I bet two weeks because think of all the extensions and how long it takes to brush it out and then like really give it a thorough wash. It probably takes a long time for her. So I bet like, also like, I bet Chelsea only showers like two or three times a week. She's very dirty, and I don't know why nobody yeah. else but me notices that. Because it's she's thin. Like Kate, every comment about her is how much she must smell and how gross she is. But like, I bet Chelsea is the gross one.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: All
1: well, she does is sit on a couch with her hair like a mess. Like, yeah, she's yeah. those kids.
0: She's busy with the kids. She doesn't shower a lot. I'm sure of it.
1: She's, yeah, she's busy being uh, you know mama bear and, momming so hard.
0: Thug
2: wife. Oh, Should I get you a
0: thug wife shirt, Amy? That would be great. Oh. Alright, guys. Any final thoughts on Brianna, Brittany, Roxanne being on feathers in my hair? Oh, I wow. think um, this opportunity arose because it was Chuck's birthday. Oh, yeah. I meant to and say at <laughs> the beginning.
1: <laughs> I came up with this when listening to um, your bonus episode with Katie, and My one friend almost talked me out of it because he was like, well, you don't want to give somebody a gift that is work. And then another friend was like, you have to do this. So I'm glad that I listened to that second friend. And here we are now. And thank you so much for being game for this to uh, discuss uh, the DeJesus sisters uh, in a celebratory manner for Chuck's... (laughs) I won't say how old you are. We're a little old for this. Tuck's 21st birthday. Yep.
2: Yep. Who kind? Um, Yeah, they say never meet your heroes. That's not a good idea. But uh, this has been absolutely lovely and a total blast. Um, Yeah, I'm glad we did it.
0: Do you want to plug your Instagrams or anything? Oh, no. No. (laughs) 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 We are. People are like, don't don't say my last name. Like, don't put my Instagram. I'm like, I feel you. Mine is private. I'm a college librarian. I'm not putting
1: anything interesting on there.
0: I was with a friend this last weekend and she like asked me to do something the next day. And I was like, well, I have to like do my podcast. And she was like, you're what? And I was like, my podcast. And she was like, what? And I was like, I do a podcast about like reality TV. Like, I don't think people who listen to this like quite understand like how much, I do not talk about this in my life.
1: I like, I've just decided to unabashedly like live my best life where like, I only watch reality TV. (laughs) I listen to a million podcasts about reality TV and I, and I read books (laughs) from like memoirs. And then I, I'm just like, this is who I am. And I did tell a couple of people at work, including the woman that works for me. And I was like, this is just, they they looked bewildered, but I, I wasn't going to like backtrack where I was like, no, this is what we're doing for Chuck's birthday. And this is the greatest gift
0: ever. This is going to be hard to top. I love that. I saw a tweet today that was like, somebody asked me what my hobbies are in my head well, I watch reality TV, then I listen to podcasts about it, and then I get on a private Facebook group to talk about what I thought about was on the podcast yeah. and the TV show. And I was like, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's pretty I I was asked once, like, in a job interview, like, so what are your hobbies? And I just, and this was supposed to be the opening, like, oh, we're just having friendly conversation over dinner. And I just, I blanked because it was like, well, I can't tell them. I just... <laughs> watch <laughs> Teen Mom and Housewives and talk about it. I don't even know
0: what I said. I was like, I like to box. Yeah, um, but like, the thing was like out loud. I read books, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The only other Don't person, ask me what I'm reading, though.
2: The only other person besides Amy that in my real life that I told I was doing this podcast is my therapist. And not out of any sort of shame, but just, <laughs> they wouldn't understand.
0: I love the idea that people like talk about the idea that anybody would be talking about my podcast and therapy like brings me great joy
2: oh i've i've talked about it at least two or three times <sighs> yeah i
0: love that oh really you,
1: your uh, your work liz really does loom
0: large <laughs> over day to day yeah my art <laughs> it is your art <laughs> all right guys <laughs> thank you so much for coming on this was a thrill as i thank love you, to liz. With my dear friends, which by the way, I was listening to a podcast that I didn't love that. I can't remember the name of it, but about like some abuser guy. And they said that he would describe people he knew as his dear friends. And they're like, that was so weird. And I was like, well, that's how I describe everybody on my podcast. (laughs) Works for us. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much. I had a
1: blast. Thank Thank you. you. We'll see you again in October for my birthday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. All right. Bye, Liz. Thank bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash